Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Trader Podcast. My name is Wandi Lesishi. And I'm George Mini. And we're back in the studio again. Nothing uh, too crazy this week. I mean, we had the Halloween episode two weeks ago. Last week's episode, we're speaking about... Why have I forgotten what's happened until a week ago? Well, I, I mean, if you want me to derail the conversation, I'm just <laughs> reading a message that there's flood warnings. Oh, in, in, in Joburg or... Yeah, yeah. No, no, listen to this. Flood warnings. Uh, <laughs> Immediate derailments. <laughs> Houting weather, just tweeted. Yeah. Tweeted, just X'd. What do we say now? Uh, I think it's still... Yeah, I have no idea. Just, yeah, X'd. Just X'd. <laughs> Like just axed. Yeah, just axed. Just <laughs> So flood-prone areas. Alexandra, Bedford View, Benoni, Centurion, Edenvale, Four Ways, Joburg CBD, Kempton Park, Soweto, M3, M1, and R23 highways. Areas around Nixka, areas around Henops. Areas with litter problems. What, is, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> does that, is, yeah, it's just areas with litter problems. Oh, I can totally agree. It's going to block out the... The litter's going to block out the little vents where the water goes out. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. What do you do? I mean, ironically, that's what we're talking about today is we're talking about it's it's November, which is Child Safety Month. Um, I don't think in South Africa, but like globally, a few countries they consider November as Child Safety Month. So in that scenario, what does a warning like that mean? Does it mean... Be careful. Be careful. It's not immediately... No, like, I don't think, I don't think that... It doesn't look like they're predicting floods. Yeah. But it is raining heavily. It hasn't um, stopped raining for a few hours now. Yeah, so if it continues like this for long enough, yeah. the stormwater drains start to dam up. Yeah. And then there's nowhere for the water to go. It has, to travel, yeah. has to travel above ground. Yeah. And uh, and that's where the floods start. That's so, what happened to Durban a few yeah. years ago. That so was you just make sure you are in uh, on high ground if those things happen. I parked my, my car underground today. Could be a bad thing. But my car's not electric. I think you have it way worse. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder what happens in that. If if your car gets, is there like a, what does it do? Does it just shut off? You would assume it, it would. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if the electrical components get wet, it's gonna, the car's going to... It doesn't become like a giant like short-circuited like board or anything like that, right? You're probably okay. I don't know. You should probably, we should probably find... I one. know a lot about electric cars. <laughs> I don't know the answer to this one. Uh... What sure. happens if you drive an electric car in like through, I don't know, like a meter, meter, like a meter wake of water? Does it, does it become a risk? Interesting. If a car fa- is found submerged, the circuit breakers are designed to trip. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank, you. Thank heavens. <laughs> They're shutting down the power and avoiding any dangerous outcome. I mean, you wouldn't just shock yourself. You shock everybody. <laughs> Everyone around you is like a... Uh, so while the electric car is not likely to catch fire or explode, it, uh, it will still suffer uh, the same journey halting its effects on any car that is flooded. Yeah. Okay. Well, there so, yeah, there you go. What happens to electric car if you if you drive it into a flood? The more you know, you're safe, George. Um, but let's keep an eye for that. I mean, well, I mean, what's going to break the the electronic circuitry? Mm. Um, is going to probably have to replace that. But in any car, yeah, likely. You know, yeah. depends if it gets wet while it's like in operation. While it's in operation, you know, yeah. then then you're going to get short circuits, and then you're going to break the PC boards. Yeah, I suppose if the car's off and it trips. Uh, chances are you could dry it out. Um, I, I've, I'm actually following on YouTube. There's a guy who's rebuilding a P1, which was submerged in water. Yeah, as long as the engine's not running. 
and the car wasn't running at the time, but he had to replace pretty much everything. But it was mostly results of not like electrical damage. It was just rust. And rust. That sort of yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. So it is Child Safety Month, which, um, you know, around the world is basically highlighting anything to kind of protect children in general. Um, and us being auto trader, I thought maybe we could just talk about child safety with regards to well, vehicles. Well, <clears throat> let me just vent for a second because yeah, because this is a it's a it's a big bugbear of mine. Yeah, when you see a car in the traffic mm-hmm. and there's a child romping around, just the back running of the car in the back in the back seats. Yeah, like I've I've been behind cars where <clears throat> the child is standing on the back seat looking at me out of the back window. Yeah. And I think that is an atrocious parent. Yeah. Um, you know, irresponsible at least in that scenario. Absolutely irresponsible. Yeah. That is, you know, that's that's deadly for that child. Yeah. Absolutely deadly. I was, um, <coughs> who's this? Me and my manager were busy watching um, a video of if you brake at different speeds. And if you're braking at 50 and braking at 100, the, the difference is... It's exponential um, in terms of how safe you are or how likely you are to survive that, that accident. So so your body, <clears throat> I need to recall this out of my memory files, but your body is capable of withstanding momentary yeah. 100 Gs. Yeah. That's like for a second before. For like a, but, but yeah. a millisecond. A millisecond. I can't even be like a second too long. Yeah. But it can't withstand that multiple times in a row. Mm. So your body can withstand, I think it's up to 100 Gs in a like momentarily yeah like in a crash right but it can't sustain that it can't it can't have that in a sustained form <clears throat> maximum sustained g-force is i think nine g's yeah i mean that's fighter jet pilots are experiencing yeah. around there for a few seconds nine, ten g's um so you can imagine if you sustain a hundred g's yeah like in a car more than i mean i'm pretty sure a car crash is more than 100 Gs. I mean, Max Verstappen's crash two years ago was 53 Gs. <laughs> that was just insane. And um, I know at Silverstone, they're doing about six six Gs on those little... Yeah, that's sustained Gs. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, 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 might, I might be wrong. Um, I think it was 100 Gs. Yeah, sustained is nine. Yeah. So... Um, Human body can withstand no more than nine G's for a few seconds. Yeah. So momentary, uh, you can sustain more, but if it's more than a few seconds and it's more than nine G's, you bug it. Yeah, but I mean, in that scenario, you still need something to slow you down. I mean, Max hit fifty-three G's because he was like stopping immediately, right? Um, yeah, so the most what is the that? most G's a human body has ever. Sorry, it's not a hundred G's. I'm wrong. Most G's a human body has ever tolerated was forty six point two by an Air Force officer. Sustained. Sustained. That's probably the guy who was doing on, on the little rocket sled. I think I've seen that video. I don't know. I think it's him. So now you imagine you've got a child romping around the back. Yeah. And you're doing eighty k's an hour. So a sudden stop. Um, at eighty k's. At eighty k's. So, uh, sudden stop at 80 Ks, um, G-force is how many Gs? Uh, we're doing around six? 18 Gs. Okay. That was completely off. <laughs> 18 Gs. Sorry, that's 80 miles per hour. So, 100, so 80 miles per hour is what, is what, 120 Ks an hour? Yeah. Well, 
So at 120, that's 18 Gs. There's a formula for this. Yeah. That's the sudden stop. 18 Gs, yeah. That's You're not going to, you know, bode well in that scenario. So, so mean, you can imagine at 120, so it's 60, it's 9 Gs. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And your body can't sustain 9 Gs for longer than a couple of seconds. Does weight have an impact on this? So like if you heavier, lighter, does that have an impact on um, potentially how much G-forces you're experiencing? At a time, or is it not really? No, I mean, mass has a has an impact um, uh, in terms of the the force with which it hits something, but um, but but the G force will still be the the same. That's yeah. stopping G force. Hundred percent. You know, because you've got to go from hundred to zero mm-hmm. in a matter of zero seconds. Yeah. So, a child romping around the back seat, just kind of extending the chances of any you know of surviving any potential car accident. So in South Africa, the leading cause of child injuries um, is actually, or well, traffic related, is, is traffic injuries. Um, so in South Africa, you can, you know, we have that problem with people not taking it as seriously as they can. Um, so I thought maybe we should just go through some of, you know, essential child safety rules to apply um, if you are driving around with, with a child um, in the back of your car. Strap the child in. That's the first one. Um, if So, so... I mean, my understanding of the reason for a car seat is because, because of the size and mass of the child. Yep. That's the reason for the car seat. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it, the child doesn't fit into the, into the, into the big human seat, the, mm. the, the adult seat. Mm. And so therefore you need a smaller area to strap the child in. Mm. Um, and if the, I, I think the age is about 13 that you can you can start stop. you can stop the with the booster seat and the okay. car seat and the, and so it's about where the seatbelt comes over the child's shoulder. Yeah, you don't want it cutting across the child's face. Yeah, and that's why you wear the, the you you put the booster seat under the child. I would have had butt. to do it until I was like fifteen then, because yeah. No, but I mean when I was a child, <laughs> these things didn't exist. Yeah, they super existed in my in my days. So, um, but I, I don't even recall. I mean, when I was a baby, but I don't think I was like 13 years old when I stopped doing. No, I mean, a lot of a lot of a lot of parents, like at the age of seven, eight, nine, ten, they start taking the child out of the car seat. So there's an interesting article on sites right now by uh, one of our journalists, Reno, who's talking about isofixes and how they work. So something that he noted, which is really interesting, in that is that eight out of ten participants in the study that they did in England, parents didn't actually know how to. Install car seats. What are they just park it on the back seat? They put it on, but there's there's a certain way. No, there's to two there's two clips. The isofix. Uh, it, it's hooks that are attached to the car's mm. um, structure mm. that car seats are designed to clip onto. Mm. But most people don't want really to use that, and I think one we don't read manuals. I think that's the first problem. Um, but there's also this level of almost assuming that you're going to be able to do it without um, going through it. So. The first thing that we're suggesting is to one read the manual and understand exactly how that isofix works. It's not that hard, eh? Eight out of ten, eighty people don't know how to use it, it's even not, when they do put it on. It's really not. It's, it's got it's got two extendable bolts. Yeah. Or should I say, little clips? Yeah. That you put the car seat down, you push them in, you clip it, you push the car seat against the back seat, boom. It's done. Done. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test out this theory. I think we should shoot a video and see if you can. If I can put a car seat in, properly. for sure. Try and be the two out of ten people that. Uh, because I, I think, I think the worst kind of car seat is mm-hmm. the one that uses seat belts. 
So that was my next question. What, what happens in a scenario where you don't have isofix points? Some cars, like you're saying, are a bit older, they don't have isofix points. Then you have to use the seatbelt method. So the so car seats come with the ability to attach the car seat to, to the seatbelts. Seat yeah. Um, you know, they've got little, um, little uh, grooves yeah. and, and, and pathways that you put the seatbelt. Yeah. Um, that stop the, stop the car seat from flying forward. So arguably the Asafix is obviously the best yes. route to go just because it's fixed to um, it's fixed, the chassis. Well, it's, yeah, it's people. fixed to the car structure. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas the seatbelts, it's, it's got a little bit of, of moving room, if that makes sense. Well, you know, th- think about how a seatbelt works. It's not... It's not meant to just stop it immediately. It doesn't stop right? immediately. It's slowing down it's, the... It's, it slows. So now, so now you've got this car seat moving forward mm. where and the child's in the car seat already with seatbelts on the car seat. Mm. So... So you've now got a big object that to, is to slow down. trying to hurtle forward. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so the other thing I've seen with uh, um, uh, with car seats is, um, you know, some single moms put their children in the passenger seat. So next to the driver. Next to the driver facing... Forward. Facing backwards. Okay. So, so that they can drive and they can see their child. Yeah. Right. And then that's why you get the button that turns the airbag off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's for it's for for that scenario as well as, but there's no isofixes in the front there. Mm. So you have to use seatbelts to do it. It's, it's a bad idea. So if you're going to face your child seat rear, um, well, that's for somebody sitting in the. If you're going to face rear, that's for somebody sitting in the back. Okay. So if you're driving as you know the the, the driver and the, and the and the mom or the dad sitting in the back, they can then face the child because the child's facing rearward. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. As long as it's isofix. Yeah. Um, but with seatbelts, you're saying it's a different application. Putting it in the front seat is yeah. the problem. That's what I'm pointing out. Mm, 100%. I mean, these are all very valid. I think we should definitely link to the different articles we have. Something else that um, some people forget to do is activating the child safety locks. This is pretty standard in all cars now. Well, I mean, nowadays you've got a button on the driver door. Yeah. My car's got a button on the driver door. Yeah. It disables the windows and disables the, the handles. So you the can't handles. open the back door. Yeah, so your child won't be able to open the door randomly. This is probably a problem with, with all the kids, assuming like a little yeah. teen. In the old days, you had to open the door, they flick a the switch, flick thing, yeah. and close it, and then, you know, you can... But I think that was... That, that's a more dangerous method. I think it's a safer method. No, but if you have to get out in an emergency, the driver can't uh, open yeah. the door for you. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't consider that part. Mm. How you My thing out? is, the reason why I'm saying that is because does it on, the, on your door tell you that it's currently activated yes. or not? Because... There's a if light. You don't know, then okay. There's a little light to indicate. There's a light on the button. It means yeah. it's on. Well, in that scenario, yeah. But once again, use child locks. It's annoying for adults, but it's super beneficial for for kids. I, I would say. Um, and then, how do you feel about like letting like children eat in in, in the car <laughs> whilst you're driving? Yeah, I mean, my opinion on on children is um, the only way a child gets to understand the world is by exploring making mistakes <laughs> what mistake are you letting them by eating in the car um <laughs> teaching them that to eat without messing because okay do okay. you eat in your car i do okay so why can't the child how's he how's how's he or she gonna learn well i know how to keep it kind of safe i will not say but like have you got leather I, seats i do yeah so what's the problem well, okay, the, the reason why I wouldn't How did you child, learn to eat in a car? I would sneak some food. Uh-huh. Mm. So now you're sneaky. 
Hey, I'm. So, it so, is what so, it is. So we're is teaching children to be sneaky. <laughs> it is what it is. I wouldn't look. It depends what the food is for me. Um, I, but I do think there are scenarios or there are some foods which could be a choking hazard. Yeah, um, I think that's a. I'm, yeah, I think that's you, you know. But if you're going to give your your child a um, a grape to eat, for instance, no, you can have your your Big Mac or um, whatever. But if if they're eating like a lollipop, for instance, that's that's like dumb. I'm, I would I would that's dumb. I would be like, you know, can you not? Right no, now? I wouldn't. I wouldn't let a child eat a sweet in a car. Yeah, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely. I'm not the only one who thinks this way. I'm yeah. glad. I thought I was being. No, you got to be a responsible dramatic. parent. It's you know if you. If you break harshly or, or accelerate harshly or turn harshly, that you know that that sweet could lodge, and then you've got to get out of the car, do the Heimlich maneuver, get mm. the you know, no, it's too dangerous. Hundred percent. Other safety tips for your children is buckling up. Obvious one, but we've obviously spoken about the seats, so I'm not going to get into those details. Then checking the back seat. Something that I've seen a few times actually is having things that could roll around. I almost thought you were going to say checking the back seat before you get out. No. Your child be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like thinking for th- things that could fly around and, and basically turn the back seat into a blend up. There's, um, you know, yeah. accidents or something. Yeah, people don't realize that you know leaving loose articles in a car. Yeah, it's dangerous. Is for actually everyone, dangerous actually, for everybody, just, not yeah. just the child. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a recreational pilot. Yeah. And one of the things is don't have things that can fly around in the airplane because you're in three dimensional space. We don't think about it with our vehicles. Though. No. Because I mean, don't. I have like my my gym bag sometimes is there. It's okay. It's soft. Yeah. I mean, unless there's weights inside, then it's it's not so soft. Why would you be carrying weights around? <laughs> Too many questions. <laughs> what is in the gym bag? I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's they can things can fly around. Things can fly around and become yeah. projectiles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jinx. Jinx, you owe me soda. Oh, jeez, I was about to say that. <laughs> oh gosh, lunch is next. <laughs> um, keeping doors locked. This is you know very stock standard. I've actually been in a scenario potential hijacking where I saw you know because the door was unlocked. You become a higher threat. It's just easier to get things. Yeah, I mean, my car obviously does the automatic car door locking thing. Yeah. Um, you can't even hold my car's handles. You can't grab my car's handles because they recess into the door. Okay, I was going to say, it, it doesn't electrocute. If, oh, if you, I wish, yeah. but no. <laughs> um, you know what irritates me at traffic lights lately? What? Um, is these people that sell things at the traffic lights and they stand in the way of your park distance control. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had that? I haven't, had, I haven't had a situation, but I mean, it, my visibility is not the greatest in my car. Um, and sometimes it blocks where I'm turning. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell you why. But are, you, you <laughs> David, the, are you sitting I'm in the back seat when you drive? <laughs> I'm not one of those. I'm just a bit short. And no. my A pillar, or well, my little thing, the, one of the pillars is just okay. too big. Um, so it, it blocks my visibility. But anyways, but yeah, that's, you know. Keep your car locked. Um, I know my mother, for instance, one time. She well, especially for children, right? Because, yeah. because uh, um, oh, I mean, what do you do in a scenario where you're in a hijack? Yeah. You have a child in the car, in a car seat, strapped in. Yeah. What do you do? This is the story. This is the plot of Zotzi, that movie that won a Grammy. Um, my first instinct would be to accelerate, to be honest. If somebody comes to the door, um, what is what is the the best method to avoid that? It's difficult because there's been scenarios where hijackings have happened, and remember the the the, the hijacker is as especially if they're not a professional. Yeah, he's gonna be. Okay? he's gonna be as nervous as you are. Yeah, if not more. Trigger happy. Almost. Trigger happy and as nervous. So 
He'll rip you out of the car, not realize there's a child in there. There's been scenarios oh, so where... So they're hijacking me at this yes. point. So that I'm driving and they come to my door and they hijack. And they hijack... Because you're the driver, right? I'm driving off. And, and you've got a child in the back. No, right. I'm not going to... What are you going to no, do? I'm not, I'm not going to wait around and find out. Sometimes it's not that easy. Um, and and they've, they've climbed in the car, driven away, not realizing that the this, child's yeah. still in the car. This is the actual plot of Totsi, so... And, 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 the, and the child gets left on the side of the road at some point. I'm not going to waste her on. I just, I, there's, there's no, what there's do you no do? Scenario. Besides driving away, what do you do? Please wait. I have a baby. I'll probably just <laughs> cry and scream. And <laughs> Very difficult scenario. Yeah. Don't yeah. get yourself in that scenario in the first place. But if you're in that scenario, it's probably advisable to just have a conversation with the guy and, and just let them know, can I get the child out? And then you can take whatever you need. If it's a professional hijacker, yes. Yeah. If it's not a, uh, hijacker that's high, drunk. Yeah. One of those. But here's another, here's another scenario with children. Yeah. Um, this is my personal opinion. And that is baby on board stickers on the back window. What if they come from the front though? Do you know what the, the, the baby on board sticker is for? Well, I mean, it's to tell everyone around you to be a little bit more, more cautious. Mm, no, that it's for mean? emergency people to know that there, there's a child somewhere it's in this wreck. Mm, mm. Find the child. Mm. Right. So, so that's what it's, that's what it's Originally, for. Yeah. Um, but it also becomes a potential target for hijackers because they know you're going to be more susceptible. You're going to be more susceptible to just giving not fight. Not yeah. fight. Yeah, it makes sense. So, is baby on board sticker a good idea or a bad idea? It's always a good Tell idea. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> yeah, let's let's find out what you think. like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to smash the like button. Um, a few more. We're running out of time. This is there's there's a few, but there's there's a few more that I want to bring up unrelated to children. <clears> but um, one of the things is to keep your doors locked. Um. And I was having a conversation with uh, one of our colleagues and I was asking her, what do you do if you see the window is closed um, and there's children there or, or in this scenario, child, but if, if there's a dog, are you going to break the window or are you just going to... Are you talking about a parked car? A parked car, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a bit, it's a bit irresponsible to leave... Like a uh, window closed. With the window's closed and... kids inside the car. And kids oh. inside the car. Yeah. It's just irresponsible. Yeah. Um, what do, do you do? Do animal um, you call the police? Apply in that scenario? Do you like? Yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, you you shouldn't be doing that in the sunlight. I mean, a dog, cat, whatever the case may be. We're talking about children in this episode. Yeah. I mean, even worse children. Um, you know, you shouldn't be leaving your children in the car while you bugger off. That's my next tip: is don't leave children unattended in a car. Um, so your your rule is just don't do it. At don't all. do it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm breaking the window. That's that's my final answer. That's not if I do see it happen. Well, I mean, I don't want to endorse breaking other people's cars, but <laughs> Break I, <the> window. <laughs> I would I would stick around, make sure the child's okay, yeah. call the police, call security. Yeah. Do, you what, know, you can, just, do um, what you can to make sure that child's okay. Uh, a few last things before we leave, George. I need to speak to you about F one before before I leave. Is unsafe sleeping positions never something I've something I've never thought about? But the, if you're traving long distance, how your children are sleeping in the back. Obviously, yeah. I mean, so so when I was a child, we slept on the back ledge of the car. Yeah. In those years, you know, in sedans, the back ledge of the car was a big area. We used to sleep like in the wedged into the back windscreen, back oh, okay. Uh, okay. window. Yeah. Um, very dangerous. I mean, I don't know what my parents were thinking, <laughs> but you it's know, a different time. <clears throat> it was a different time, but but yeah. Um, Kids were stronger then, <laughs> more reinforced. <laughs> Less squishy. Less squishy, exactly. Um, but, uh, but no, you, you're, you're supposed to be wearing a seatbelt at all times Yeah. Um, when in a vehicle. So 
you know, sleeping across the back seat, great, but maybe you should be sleeping upright. Mm. Then another one that I think a lot of people, the last one I'm going to leave you with is, is teaching, like teaching children about reversing cars. So um, something that's come up is kids don't actually know what it looks like when a car's reversing. That is something that you learn, technically speaking, a bit older, you know. Especially electric car, it doesn't make a noise. Yeah. So what does it look like when a car's reversing? Definitely, you know, teach any child in your life how what that looks like just to, to avoid a scenario where you think the car's moving forward, but mm. it's not. It's actually going towards them. And that's pretty much all I have for that segment. But did you watch, before I leave you, the Sao Paulo Grand Prix? I thought the fight between Alonso and Perez and Perez and, Lon- and Alonso was epic. When yeah. Perez passed Alonso, I was like, no, <laughs> this is not happening. Yeah. And then he passed him again. Yeah. I was like, yes. yes. Um, and, and, and the funny thing is I am actually rooting for Hamilton to get number two yeah. um, rather yeah. than Perez. And I think the reason for me is I don't particularly – Favor Perez, I think he's he's a, he's he's a little bit of a spoiled brat. I think you hate Red Bull. You've been saying it for like a while. No, I don't hate Red Bull, man. I'm just <laughs> I was just taking the Mickey out of a a, a team that isn't it's a real car of it. Um, but I, I think they've done an epic job, an yeah. absolutely epic job. But I do I do think Perez is not um, the man for the job. I I, I don't know. I, I think they're better people for that Red Bull. Mm. Um, Ricardo is probably one of them. Mm. There's better people for that Red Bull. As a matter of fact, I mean, if, if McLaren wasn't doing so well, mm-hmm. I'd say Lando should be in that Red Bull. Imagine that fight. He'd give Verstappen you know a run for his money. Let me ask you a question. If you're running the team and you know, that, I mean, one of the reasons why uh, Danny left was just because of that interfighting. Inter- yes. But now you have a scenario where you're so dominant and you have a number one driver who's going to win and you have a number two driver who's going to do enough to secure constructors. Are you, as a team principal, do you get a better driver or do you leave that format because you know you're going to tick all the boxes? No, you get a better driver because at some point Verstappen's going to make a mistake. Okay. At some point. Yeah. <clears throat> look at look at what happened with Hamilton. But the then, entire but then, year, Russell's been challenging him. But then you, you have the risk of potential infighting. In the uh, team. You, but, but then that's a leadership problem. Yeah. That's not, that's, that's, that shouldn't be some, that shouldn't be a reason to avoid it. Yeah. You should have the best of the best yeah. in every position in, in the organization. Mm. Even if there's rivalry, it's that's, okay. I have some thoughts on that. I mean, I agree with you hundred percent, but I do have some the calculated risks or cal- calculated opportunity costs. You also save some money. I have some theories on this ah, okay. for another for another conversation. Thank you so much, George. I think um, that's pretty much all I have for you. See you later. Yeah.